So we're continuing our series um, going through uh, the book called Gentle and Lowly. And uh, this is really a... Uh, it, it looks at various uh, passages in the Bible to help us to understand more about who Jesus is. Okay, and so that's really what this, this series is about, is to introduce us to more of Jesus and, and what he's like and what he does for us and, and, and what his uh, character uh, is like. And, uh, and today uh, we're going to look at the mercy of Jesus. Now, um, when, when this passage, uh, when we were looking to um, choose which of the passages uh, and the chapters in the book to, to, uh, to speak on, I immediately, uh, when I saw this, I went to this one. And, and the reason is it, it, it comes from uh, the book of Ephesians. Now, for those that uh, have heard me speak for some time, uh, will know that Ephesians is uh, my favourite book in the Bible. Um, it's a book that I love. Um, if you're allowed to have favourite books, um, I'm always not sure about that, but I, I do. And, uh, and then the other thing is that in chapter 2, which is where this is from, that's my favourite passage. And so I'm going I'm to make no ex uh, apology. I'm going to read out my favourite passage in the Bible, okay? And uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm going to read it from um, the New King James Version. So it might be slightly different to your version. So <coughs> if you, if you want to just listen, that's fine. Um, and every time I read this passage, I'm just amazed at the goodness, the grace the love, the mercy of God. And I, I just pray that actually as we go through today, you will get something of that. Uh, it came out very much in, in, in our worship time. So God wants to speak to us today about his grace, his mercy in particular, and his love. I guess he always wants to speak about that, but particularly. So it's going, it comes from Ephesians chapter 2, and it's going to be verses 1 to 10. You were dead in your offences and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the passions of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his works of art, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we may walk in them. Amen. It's just an astounding passage. It tells us what we once were. It tells us what we are now through Christ. 
It talks about our future. It talks about our purpose. It speaks of the abounding love, mercy and grace of God. They are a wonderful verses and, and I just would encourage you to, to, you know, in your own time, look through them. See what God has done through us, uh, through, through Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. It's, it's just so good. But as I said at the start, I want to focus particularly on verse 4 today. Uh, at least to start with, I'm going to look at one or two other verses. But verse 4, it says this, But God, being rich in mercy. And I want to just unpack a little bit. What does it mean for God to be rich in mercy? Well, to understand it, we need to look at what goes before then. And uh, verses 1 to 3 are not good reading. And I'm so glad that we didn't stop at the end of verse 3, because they are not good places to be. It talks about how we were dead. We were covered in offences and sins. We were helpless. We were lifeless. We were totally unable to do anything about our situation. It says that we gratified the desires of our sinful nature. We were following it. We had no power to do what was right. We were, no, we're not able to, uh, to break free. We were following the prince of this world. And we were under slavery. We were a slave to sin without Christ. And this is true for everyone who is not yet come under the saving power of Jesus. By nature, we didn't just sin, we were sinners, we were steeped in it, we were saturated in it. The power of hell wasn't something we just yielded to, it was inside us. Sin ruled us, it defined who we were. Now, we can look around at the world and we can see, well, I can actually see that in some people, we can see in some of the terrible things we hear on the news, we can think, yeah, I can, I can see that. But actually, whether you were very immoral, or whether we are very immoral, or whether we are moral, we can look good on the outside, we can look uh, right on the outside, but we are still steeped and covered in sin, the Bible tells us. Paul himself, if you looked at his life before he encountered Jesus, you would have said that he was a very upright, good, honest man. He was very passionate. He wanted to fulfill the law to the very letter. And if you read about his past and he talks about it, he did everything by the book. He looked the perfect human being. He was amazing on the outside. And yet he would say of himself, I was completely steeped in sin. I may have looked morally right, but inside I was totally, totally wrong. And so... And I can say that about myself. I became aware I was brought up in a Christian home. I didn't rebel against my parents. I, I, on the outside, I looked quite a decent sort of child. And yet, I came to a point where I realised that I was in desperate need of a saviour. Whether I was morally good on the outside or immorally good or immorally bad, rather, made no difference. We were all in need of a saviour. We can be morally dead people or immorally 
We can be morally dead people or immorally dead people. Either way, we're dead. And finally, the most damning statement of all in that verse, we were by nature children of wrath. Because sin saturated our body, because we were slaves to sin, rightly, the wrath of God was on us. He hates sin, and sin must be judged, and we were under that wrath. And we lived for ourselves and not for God. But I'm so grateful. <laughs> I guess we all are. That's not where it finishes. That's what, that is what prompted God to do something. He saw our state. He knew what our state would be. And he said, I want to do something about it. And it was because of his great love and mercy that he sent Jesus to deal with what was wrong with us. We had no way out. But we were made alive with Christ. It says there, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive Amen. with Christ. Amen. That's incredible, isn't it? That's amazing. It's wonderful. So what is mercy? What is mercy? What is, what is this verse trying to tell us? Well, mercy is compassion and pity towards someone who is an offender. Amen. I mean, if you think about that for a minute, that is quite incredible. We were doing everything we could to dishonour and show our hatred towards God. We were, we were doing everything that was against what God wanted. We were following our own desires and we were steeped in sin. And yet God looked at us and he had compassion and pity. But it's not only have compassion and pity, but it's, it, mercy means that the person who has it has the power to do something about it. And when God saw that, he said, I can do something about this. It's going to be costly. It's going to be incredibly costly, but I can do something. And because I'm pitying, and because I have compassion, I'm going to do that. Amen. I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to effectively, what well, he did, he punished him for our sins. So that we could go free. The mercy of God reaches down and rinses clean not only the obviously bad people, but the fraudulently good people, both of whom equally stand in need of resurrection. Jesus, his sacrifice for us, was God's choice because of his mercy towards you and me. <coughs> he saw us, he took pity on us, he had compassion, but he also acted as we heard earlier on today, he acts on behalf of us so that we can go free. But the other thing we need to understand about this is that it says there, God who is rich in mercy, or more accurately translated, is God being rich in mercy. You see, mercy, like his love, is part of who God is. It's part of his inner being. He is a merciful God and he is defined, he's happy to be defined as someone who is merciful. And it's important that we dis differentiate between some of the attributes of God 
and, we, and what God does sometimes. God is never defined in the Bible as angry. It never says God is angry. He does get angry at times. He's angry at sin. And we see in Jesus, when he saw what was going on in the temple, injustice going on, his anger rose up. And he did something, and then it subsided. God's anger is like that. It rises up because of injustice. And he wants to do something, and he does something, he acts, but then it disappears. It goes down. Because God's definition is not defined, he's not angry. He's not, in his essential being, angry. He's not. But he is, in his essential being, love. He is, in his essential being, merciful. He will, so therefore, his mercy never ends. His anger, as the Bible says, lasts for a moment. His compassions, they never fail. In Lamentations, it says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's the wonderful thing about God, is that you will never get to the end of his mercy. The Bible says, or the passage says, he's rich in mercy. Now, uh, last, uh, this week, anybody watch Bake Off? Do you watch Bake Off? No? Do we? Oh, we do, yeah. Well, we had a Bake Off party to celebrate the end of Bake Off. We finished this week. Well, for those who don't know, basically, there's um, these 12 people get together in a tent and cook. Uh, it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> and, um, and then one by one, they get eliminated. And the, 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 the final was on Tuesday. We actually watched it on Wednesday. And, uh, and, um, and they've just baked these wonderful things. And so what we did, a few of us got together, um, my, my daughter and one well, of my two daughters, and... Um, and we bought cakes. I didn't. Uh, um, but, um, and so uh, at, the, uh, at this, this bake-off party, we watched the final, we just had cake. What, what more could you want, really? Um, but my, my daughter bought this cake, which um, wasn't really a cake. It was just sort of a big mass of chocolate and cream and treacle and tons of sugar. And it was just delightful. I've still got a little bit left. because And, and when, I, when you ate it, you would say, oh, is so rich. That is so rich. And uh, because you just had a little bit of it and you were completely full. You were running around the room as well because it was so, so full of sugar. But I mean, that's a, But it was rich. It was satisfying. It was just wonderful. And, uh, and that's just a small picture of the richness of God's mercy. It, it's, a, it's a deep seam, if you like, within him. He loves showing mercy. He wants to show mercy. He desires to show mercy. He wants it to be seen. He wants it to be known. And so it's so important that we understand that God's mercy isn't, wasn't just for when we became a Christian, when we first came to Christ. His mercy is there the whole time for us all through our lives. It's a deep vein within him that he wants us to be satisfied with time and time again. The mercy of God is seen in the life of Christ, as I've already said. His death and resurrection, the power to deal with sin, is because of the mercy of God. Because he wanted 
to deal with it, he took action. He had the power to deal with it, and it was through Jesus. God was so committed to showing us mercy that he was prepared to send Jesus to be abused, rejected, mistreated, abandoned, so that he might pour his mercy out on you and on me. Our sins should rightfully have ended in God's judgment and wrath, but because of Christ, it doesn't. And we need to understand the mercy of God in our lives through looking at what Jesus did. You see, we can look at our own lives and we can think, well, I'm, the stuff that's happened to me, I can't receive God's mercy. I don't, can't see God's mercy because my life's just been so difficult and so hard. But actually, we see God's mercy not in our own lives, but in what Jesus did. In his willingness to sacrifice for us. Because it was through that that we received God's mercy. But also, some of us, and I can relate to this myself, find it difficult to receive God's mercy because sometimes we have squandered it. We have... We've received his mercy and then we've gone away again and we've got ourselves into a mess. We've got ourselves into a mess and, and we feel that we no longer deserve it or we're no longer entitled to it. It might be that you've done something massive that you've messed up. A big sin, if you like. Or maybe there are so many little sins that you keep doing that you believe stupid decisions that you've made that you believe you're no longer worthy of the mercy of God. And, and that, can be, that, can, that can come upon us. We can think, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep going back to God. And surely, that's it now. You know, what's the point? I'll keep, I say, sorry, I'll come to him and then I'll just keep doing it. But you see, God's mercy isn't limited. It's not begrudging. It's not, well, if you do it again, that's it. That's what it means to be rich. It's not calculating. It's not cautious. It is unrestrained. Amen. He wants to show us mercy because that's who he is. He wants his character to be displayed. And so whatever has happened to you, whatever you've done, whether it's a whole load of small, stupid things, and we all do them, or big things that we've truly messed up, God wants to show us his mercy and grace. He wants to flood in to your life. He wants to heal you. It's a great illustration um, in the book uh, that if you've got a serious illness in an arm or a leg, what do you do? Well, you, you treat it carefully. And you do something about it. We had an example of this just recently in our household. I'm sure my wife won't mind telling me this. She might do, but um, we're going to do it anyway. Uh, my wife was out jogging. As you see, self-inflicted this. <laughs> and and she, she hurt her foot. Um, she stepped in a hole or whatever and, and, and twisted her ankle. And, uh, and we thought, oh, oh, this is terrible. 
Uh, but what do we do when, when something like that happens? And I, I, my considering, well, you, you know, you've been jogging, should you? You've done it to yourself. So, so, of course, what we tried was we tried to ignore it. We tried to treat it harshly and tell it off. We, tr we tried to say, well, it's your own fault. Try to beat it. Surprisingly, it didn't do any good. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't do that. But, you know, you can imagine what happened. So what, but what, what did we do? What did we do when that anchor was hurt? Well, the first thing we did, we took it to a doctor. We took it to a doctor and said, what do we do? And the doctor put on a, a, a protective sock. And, um, and then we were told to treat, treat the, the, uh, the injured foot very carefully, to put it up, to not walk on it, uh, to put it on a cushion. Uh, I had to do the driving. What a hero I am. <laughs> and so for six weeks, we had paid attention to that foot. We put, we put loads of attention to that foot. We cared for the foot to the extent that I was starting to get jealous. <laughs> but, but the point being is that we treated it with compassion. It was hurt. And obviously, I, I don't mean it in, in the sense that self-inflicted but of course um, the point is it doesn't really matter how it happened what we do is we treat it with compassion and care and love and concern until it recovers Amen. and that is how God sees you that's how God wants to treat you when we've messed up whether it's been because other people have done stuff to us or because we've done it to ourselves God's heart is compassion and mercy he wants that healed, he wants it restored, he wants it made well, he doesn't run away from it, he runs towards it. He wants you to know that he has compassion when we've messed up, Amen. when we've got it wrong, when we don't do what we should do. And when we cause ourselves injury and pain, God wants his mercy to come and heal it and restore it. He doesn't want us to run away from him, he wants us to bring it to him and he will bring healing. It might be painful. It might be a hurtful thing that, not hurtful, but it might, it might cause us hardship and difficulty as we deal with what's going on. But his heart is to restore and to bring and to renew. I just want to... No, I'm looking at that clock there. It's, uh, I've got loads of time according to that. <laughs> okay. Just want to, I, I haven't got time to look at all these verses, they're wonderful verses. I'm just going to pop down to verse 7. And this talks about the reason why God wants to show us mercy. It says there, so that in the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. The word there, he, that he might show the boundless riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, literally means to put on display. To put on display. He, if I, if I want to put this in a, in a, you know, hopefully this is not irreverent, God wants to show off. He wants people, he wants the universe to see the boundless wonders of his grace and the kindness of Jesus Christ. He wants Jesus to be glorified. He wants his glory to be seen in his kindness and his grace. Amen. And how does he do that? How does he show that? 
Does he say, look at me, how wonderful I am? Well, to an extent, if we look at God, we're just going to be amazed. But actually, no, that's not what he's saying here. He says, if you, I want you to see the boundless, amazing grace of God. I want you to see the amazing thing of Christ and the, uh, and the amazing uh, kindness of Christ. And the way I'm going to do it is I say, don't look at me so much, but look at them. Look at these people. They were lost, and yet they have now been found. They are now seated with me in heavenly places. They have received the glorious things of God. They are joyful, happy, wonderful, loved people. I want you to look at them, and that they display my glory. They display my mercy. They display my grace. That's what I want people to see. We will be shown off at the end of time to reveal the wonder and glory of Jesus Christ. And I find that almost impossible to believe, but it's true. That someone will look at me and say, isn't God amazing? And that's what he's done. He's done that. And that's why his mercy is so important that we go towards it, not away from it, so that in the future we will display his glory. Amen. Because his glory is displayed as we receive his mercy. As we have that mercy applied to our lives and we are healed and we're restored. And that gives glory to God. That shows the kindness of Jesus. That shows his wonder and his love, his grace and his mercy. And so we need to do this. I want to display the glory of Jesus in my life. The way I do that is not to hide my sin. It's not to pretend it didn't happen, but to run towards God and say, God, I've messed up. I want to have your mercy. I want to receive your mercy. I want to be healed. I want to be restored. I want to have this thing taken away. I want it, I want it put back right. Amen. And he will come and he will do that. He loves us with an everlasting love. I want to finish with... Uh, uh, something that happened to me um, just a few weeks ago and I, I really want to just refer back to what Jamie was saying in his uh, in, in the bit after the worship where he was talking about the revelation more and more of the love and the goodness of God or something like that I'm paraphrasing what he said but this is a lifelong pursuit of understanding the goodness and the love of God. Amen. And God spoke to me earlier this, uh, this month or a few weeks back. And it was a very simple illustration. It was in work. By the way, do look out <laughs> for God's voice wherever you are. It could be in the most strange of places, but he just wants to speak to us. Um, as you know, as you, some of you know, that uh, my daughter is uh, working in the same part of Transport for London that I work in. And occasionally she actually does work for me. Uh, it's a bit, a bit strange, but anyway, it's the way, way it works. Um, and, um, but anyway, we started to go back to the office. And, um, and we, we're going back one day a week at the moment, and a few weeks back I was back in the office, and I'd start, a few of the uh, people who, who work with me were there, and it was great to see them. And we were renewing, uh, you know, because we've just seeing each other on Zoom or whatever. And then, um, uh, you know, it was great to see them. I was really pleased and it was really lovely. Uh, and we were just sort of getting down. And then 
I just happened to catch out of the corner of my eye someone who walked past. And within almost, almost an involuntary reaction within me was one of delight and pleasure and joy. And I, sudden, I suddenly realised it was my daughter. I wasn't expecting her in. She hadn't been in the office. It's not, it's not something I was uh, uh, um, expecting. And therefore, it was almost an involuntary reaction. Um, it wasn't the same as meeting my work colleagues, as much as I uh, you know, get on well with most of them and, and I'm pleased with the work they do and so on. Um, this was a completely different reaction. Because I'd seen my daughter. And, um, and it was, you know, and it was a, it was a sort of a, a natural father's reaction to seeing their daughter or their son. Or it could be a, a reaction that, to seeing a, a, just a very close loved one. And I thought, now, the fact is, my daughter does uh, work for me. And actually, she does it very well. She, she does good stuff. I'm pleased with what she does. But this reaction to my daughter was nothing to do with the work she'd done for me. It was simply because she was my daughter that I had this reaction. And God spoke to me and said, that's like you and me. Amen. Now, I, I don't know if you're like this with, with God, I do. And I, and I thought that for a moment and then I thought, nah. Surely, surely there's caveat. Surely you, you can see what I've done. And, and there was in, in my own mind this thing of that can't be right. And then I, I felt the gentle rebuke of God. And I, and, and I don't know if this, you know, God does this to you. He does it to me. And it's a gentle rebuke and say, ah, so you're a better father than me then. <laughs> and I thought about that for a minute. I thought, actually... Was my reaction to my daughter, was her reaction to seeing a loved one appropriate? Is it appropriate for me to be full of delight and joy over seeing a child or my wife or, or someone like that? Is, it, is that appropriate? Yes, of course it's appropriate. Of course it's a right reaction. So if it's a right reaction for me, surely, Amen. surely it's a right reaction for God. Amen. Far more so. Far more so. And so I just thank God for a, an increased revelation through that experience of his love for me. It doesn't depend on the work that I do. It doesn't depend whether I've been good this week or I've messed up this week. He wants me to come for mercy. Yes, he wants me. And, and the, the Bible talks about good works that we're prepared to do. Yes, and we can please God with the good works we do. And, he, and we're called to do that. And that's great. And, uh, you know, and that's wonderful. And that gives us purpose to do the good works that God has prepared for us to do. That's wonderful. And yeah, we do please him when we do those works. But it is separate. Amen. Separate to the delight he has in us as his sons and daughters. It's separate. Because he just loves us for who we are. He loves us because he's chosen us because we're part of his family, and he catches an eye, he catches our sight, and he gets delight. If you can put it like that, God sees us all the time, but I, that, that idea that we catch God's eye, and he just fills up with joy. That's how he is towards us. That's how he loves us. He wants you to experience that 
for yourself. He wants you to know that. And when you have a problem with sin, he wants you to run to him to be healed so that you can be restored and really experience for yourself afresh that wonderful embrace. I love that song that we sang. And I'm going to finish with this. I am embraced at the foot of the cross Amen. by the love and the mercy that you have lavished on us. My every stain is washed away. I am forgiven. Amen. I'm his son. You're his sons and daughters. It's wonderful. And he loves you. Let's just pray. Yeah. Father, you are just amazing. Thank you, Jesus, that you were so willing to go to the cross so that I could be made whole because of your great love, because of your amazing mercy that just runs right through who you are, because of your grace. You were willing for Jesus to suffer in that way so that I could be restored, that I could be made alive, that I could be made whole. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, it didn't stop there, Lord. We are now seated with you, and you delight in us. You delight in us as sons and daughters. Oh, Lord, I just, just pray, let us be quick to run and to receive that mercy of God. Let us be quick to to just come and throw ourselves again on your mercy and grace mm. at every opportunity, just to know that we will be accepted, that we will be received, that your healing will come upon us, that we will be restored, that compassion will be poured out on us so that we will be raised up and renewed afresh. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Mm. Oh Lord, that we would have a greater revelation of your great love. Lord, let us increase. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, reveal more of Jesus and the Father to us. Let us know him more deeply and his love more really. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.